Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Wilson going to the air. Chased out by Daquan Jones. Wilson looking in zone, wide open, touchdown! First NFL touchdown for Zach Wilson! And it goes to Corey Davis. Down the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore, the 20, the 10, the 5, touchdown! Jones is just caught flat-footed. What an excellent, excellent round. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know that's the Q-inator. Oh my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it is time to answer some mailbag questions. So for that, we bring in our friend who's the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at jetsinsider.com. And above all that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. Chris, how did you spend the rest of your week knowing that Tyreek Hill is going to South Beach and not the Jets? Uh, you know, I, I went on with my life, um, and I really <laughs> haven't thought about it uh, much uh, since. Uh, I, 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 you know, I got, I got off and I went right back into tennis mode. So, uh, yeah, I, I haven't been thinking too much about it. You didn't think too much about it, and apparently Tyreek Hill didn't think too much about it because when he was asked about the decision, he said, what decision? Oh, the Jets? Oh, yeah, that was never a decision. So for those that think that somehow this was Joe Douglas's fault that they didn't get Tyreek Hill, it was absolutely not Joe Douglas's fault. As you know, I'm more than happy to criticize Joe Douglas when I think he did something wrong, but he did everything he could here. And unfortunately, Tyreek Hill just did not want to come to the Jets, and he had leverage, as we talked about the other day, Chris. So with that in mind, it is time to talk about some of the other things surrounding the New York Jets in the form of questions that people wrote in on Twitter. So let's get to those, and we'll start with our friend John Grella, who has a series of questions. The first one is, feels like Joe Douglas had something cooking that kept him out of the wide receiver market. Did he sit out of the wide receiver sweepstakes waiting for Hill? 
Chris, I don't think he sat out of the wide receiver sweepstakes entirely. I think it was just a matter of he was waiting for the right opportunity because they were trying to get Calvin Ridley, and they actually were in on Amari Cooper but didn't want to make that move unless the Cowboys would allow for the Jets to get a restructuring done before a deal would be completed. The Cowboys were not about to do that. They said if you take Amari Cooper for a fifth-round pick, you do it at your own risk. If he's willing to restructure, then that's fine. If not, then we're still getting the draft pick. Jets weren't willing to do that. The Browns were. And by the way, Cooper did end up restructuring. So take that for what it's worth. And then obviously they jumped in on Hill. So clearly they're interested in getting a receiver, but I think they were waiting for the right opportunity here. They felt Ridley would have been a good move. Unfortunately, that didn't work out. They dipped their toe in the Cooper water, but decided ultimately that he was too expensive unless they could get a guarantee he'd restructure before a deal, which wasn't going to happen. The Cowboys weren't going to allow that. And then, of course, Tyree Kill, who they went all out to try and get, but just didn't want to be here. So If there's another opportunity that pops up, I'm sure Joe Douglas will try for it, but I don't think he was sitting out specifically waiting for Tyreek Hill. You know, we could parse some words and semantics here, but I I will say that, you know, your assessment is pretty accurate. Um, This is a deal that was being worked on for some time, um, but it was – so you know he's had his, he's had his eyes set on it. He was working on it for a bit, but it's it's not why he he didn't think like okay we got Hill in the bag. I'm not worried about this other stuff. And it's also from my understanding that uh, everything you said about Amari Cooper was correct. But also I want to include that the Jets weren't getting uh a, you know a, co- a cooperative understanding that Amari Cooper was going to be as uh amenable to restructuring his contract when he got here either. So that that played a part into it as well. Um, But you, you look around and yeah, like you said, they, they went, they were going to make a play for Calvin Ridley. They Tyreek Hill became available and Joe Douglas went after him and pounced. And, and from my understanding and what I saw that, uh, the the Jets actually had the deal pretty much almost locked up, and then Miami came and and was like, "Well, hold on." And then uh, the Chiefs gave Tyreek the choice, of course, and uh, he because you know the contract uh, having to sign a new contract, all that, and he went with Miami. So it, he what this all tells me is there it, there's certain guys that Joe Douglas will get up and go after. And there's certain guys that Joe Douglas will say, okay, we'll take you on our terms. But there's only, there's only a select few guys that he's going to go up and like go after and make, you know, a huge push, a huge effort for it's it mostly it's going to just be a bunch of, okay, you come on our terms or don't come at all. And then there's going to be those few players. And I know I saw earlier today, uh, uh, this morning, I saw Drew Rosenhaus was talking and, you know, never take agents' words for anything, and especially not his. But he expects to see a whole lot more big player deals happen. And I'm also assuming that agents are a big part of the reason why these uh, player movement has happened like this because they're always pushing for more money and more contracts. So I, I do think they're going to be out there. Um, 
I just think – I don't think it's specific to Hill. I just think Joe Douglas is sitting here keeping the flexibility open so he can pounce. And he pounced, um, and he whiffed. And he, he didn't whiff. That sounds like uh, it's his fault. But he didn't get it, and he still got the flexibility to pounce on the next guy. I don't know who that guy is going to be, but he's ready to pounce when that guy comes available. Next question from John. What are the chances that George Fant plays left tackle and Makai Becton plays right tackle next year? I think there's a decent chance of it. Obviously, we know that Fant was better at left tackle than he was at right tackle. This is all going to come down to how healthy and motivated Makai Becton is. Because if Becton is healthy and motivated, he's going to beat Fant out for that left tackle spot. If he's not completely healthy and motivated, then perhaps Fant retains the left tackle spot and Becton slides to right tackle. So I think a lot of this just comes down to Becton. Yeah, I, I think it all comes down to Becton. And I... I I'm going to give it a 20% chance and that's all uh, pretty much all injury related it is. And it's it could just be a temporary injury too. let's say they just, uh, you know, he gets hurt uh, for a couple weeks at the beginning of the season or early in training camp. And they just don't want to mess around with, uh, you know, Zach Wilson's blind side or anything like that. Uh, but if, if if Becton's healthy and motivated and which I fully believe he will be, uh, then he they're gonna keep him there. I I fully believe that. I know Fant played really well there, uh, but I don't think that they'd be moving Becton there. I honestly at that point, it, it's almost like if they're moving Becton to right tackle, I think we're you're borderline giving up on him at that point. Last question from John. What did the Jets do in free agency that you think might change their draft plans at tight end, cornerback, safety, or right guard? I don't know that they did a ton other than the Lake and Tomlinson move. Signing Lake and Tomlinson means that if they draft an offensive lineman, it's probably not going to be till later. Whereas if they hadn't signed Tomlinson, I think there was a better chance that they would have gone for Kwanu early in the draft if he was available and they didn't like their other options or maybe somebody in the second round. But now I think there's a good chance they go in another direction with those early picks. Tight end, it might change their trajectory a little. Maybe they would have been more likely to pick a tight end in the second round and maybe they'll wait a little bit because of getting those two tight ends. But I'm not sure they were under major pressure to get a tight end in the second round anyway because this is a very deep tight end class. And they still need a safety and they still need a cornerback. So it really is going to depend how the board falls on those. So I think the main change to their game plan here would have been because of Lake and Tomlinson. Yeah, so just... Overall, what the free agency did was it made it so they don't have to force anything at any one spot. Um, it made it so they don't have to reach. If they don't, if you know, we we're talking a lot about Sauce Gardner. If they don't, if they don't like Sauce Gardner as much as we think that they do, then they don't need to worry about corner now because they signed DJ Reed. They can, they can. I'm, I don't mean they don't. The position set. But they don't need to say, hey, we need to force a corner here. Um, they can say, okay, we'll go with the player we really like here, and then we can get somebody else, you know, in the second or whatever. Um, and the same goes for tight end, just, you know, bump it down the line. Uh, now they don't need to force uh, somebody in the second. They can wait until the third if, if there's somebody that they prefer 
prefer to go in the second. Um, you're, you're absolutely correct about the uh, Lake and Tomlinson. That alters it the most, or at least could, uh, has a potential to, because then it doesn't mean that, uh, you know, they could still go a, a Thibodeau or edge rusher route or Sauce Gardner, even if they didn't sign a, a right guard there. Um, but this, I know for a fact that they're still talking like they do like the long term. Uh, what uh, you know, I could bring long term, but that's just a little too much juggling for this season. So that definitely has the most direct impact, I think, because as much as they want to like fantasize about that long term, it gets snuffed out real quick because it's just like, all right, this this isn't feasible for next year. So that has the biggest impact. But really what it it I still think that there's a good chance that they're gonna come away with another tight end in this draft. Um it's gonna depend on, you know, how the board falls. Uh and if not, then we'll be looking at, you know, undrafted free agent uh there what what have you, but I do think that you'll still probably get one in the third, fourth, fifth, sixth round, somewhere like that. And whether they go uh, a corner at four or 10, I ex- definitely expect them to go again. And we know they're going to go depth on the offensive line at some point. So none of these signings, not even Lagan Tomlinson, is going to prevent them from drafting that position. Um, they could definitely draft another right guard, at, you know, in the third round, something like that. So none of this is going to prevent them from drafting that position. I expect that they'll get drafted around them. And yeah, uh, Jordan Whitehead, same thing. They're still, they still need a covered safety. Um, so none of this is going to prevent that, but it does make it a little more, it gives them more flexible. They don't need to force things. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. 
Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Next question comes in from Sebastian Kuzin. He says, in light of what Ian Rappaport said about more than one quarterback most likely being picked in the top 10, if Atlanta or Seattle called the Jets and tried to jump ahead of Carolina for pick number four to get a quarterback, would you be willing to trade back to number eight or number nine for a kid's ransom, or would you rather stay at number four and take the best player available? Wouldn't be shocked if Pittsburgh at 20 comes calling to jump ahead. That's a big drop back, though. I don't know that I believe Pittsburgh is going to jump up that far. I think Pittsburgh's probably going to monitor the situation, see if there's a quarterback they like within striking distance, and play it sort of like the Bears did last year with Justin Fields, where if they feel like they can make a reasonable jump, maybe they will, but I don't think they're going all the way up to number four. Maybe number 10 with the Jets, possibly. That could be something that you could see if there's a quarterback they like, but I don't think they're jumping all the way up to number four. As far as Atlanta and Seattle, if they want to move up, First of all, I have a feeling that John Schneider is done doing business with Joe Douglas after that Jamal Adams trade blew up in his face so badly. So I'm not so sure that he'd be looking to call the Jets for a move up. But in all seriousness, depends on the deal and it depends on who's on the board. If the Jets really like Kayvon Thibodeau and he's available at four, you might be better off staying there and taking him because if you think that he's the type of pass rusher that you've been desperate for, then just take him and hope that he's the answer to that issue. If you love Sauce Gardner and you think he's going to be a special player, then take him there because he's certainly not going to be available at eight or nine. But if that's not the case... If you're sitting there and you think that there are four or five guys that could be a blue chipper for you and you're okay with trading back to eight and getting one of them, for example, let's say, and we've talked about this, Chris, the Jets really love Kyle Hamilton and they think he could still be there at eight or nine, then maybe you make the move. Maybe the Jets really love Jermaine Johnson and they think he could be there at eight or nine or ten. So to me, it really depends on how they've graded the players and who's available at the time that they're picking and who they think is going to be there with the 8th or ninth pick in this scenario. It's a tough one. If it was me personally, like I said, I would have to see the offers and I would have to lay out a scenario that would put together a series of players that I would think I could still get at 8 or 9 or 10. I would consider it for the right deal, but it heavily depends on who's available at number 4 because at this moment we really don't know, and that's why I don't think a deal's getting done until the Jets are on the clock. That's how Joe Douglas generally operates. Yeah, well, and now we're also a little, still a little bit of ways, but I, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I'll get to the rest of the question, but real quickly, just do you feel like what's the last time there's been a draft that had this much uncertainty at the top about like who's going to go where, like just up in the air? This feel this year feels a little more up in the air than most, doesn't it? Well, especially with the quarterbacks, Chris, because usually you have a good sense of which quarterbacks are going to go where. They may not necessarily go at the exact spot you're thinking. But remember, for example, you had in the 2020 draft, everyone knew Burrow was going first. And then everybody suspected that both Herbert and Tua were going to go in that five to six range. This year, nobody has any idea. You keep hearing maybe Kenny Pickett's going in the top 10, Malik Willis. Then you see mock drafts that have them 
at the end of the first round or the middle of the first round. Then you hear stuff about Matt Corral. Is he going to go in the first round? Is he going in the second round? So, yeah, the quarterbacks, I think, are the biggest part of this uncertainty. Yeah, there's definitely some scenarios at the top that need to be worked out. Like, where does Kayvon Thibodeau go? Does Trayvon Walker go higher than a lot of people initially expected? But at the same time, I think the quarterbacks play into that more than anything. I just think there's so much uncertainty, and that plays into it. In years past, when we've seen trades made, you know, up for the number four spot, like when uh, McCagnan made the trade to trade up for Darnold, uh, you know, uh, when the uh, San Francisco traded up to uh, take Trey Lance, you you had a, a good idea of what those picks were going right before who they were going to be. So. In McCagney, it was we did, we didn't know who, but we knew that there was going to be at least uh, one of a couple good options there, right? Um, right now, I don't feel like we have that, and uh, if unless we get that, then Joe Douglas isn't making any type of trade until uh, draft day or on the clock. Um, I completely agree with you about Pittsburgh. I could see them absolutely trying to trade up to 10. They're, they're not the team that's going to give up enough to trade all the way up to four. Uh, that That's not how Pittsburgh operates. Um, but, yeah, so I I, I agree with you in, in general, too, about the trading down, except I think I'd probably be more inclined uh, to do it than you. It's it's tough for me to answer completely. Obviously, it's impossible to answer without knowing exact offer we're talking about here or what exactly King's Ransom is. Um, but I, this year, again, uh, I haven't watched as much as I, I normally do, so I don't have as good a feel for uh, Trayvon Walker or Thibodeau or what type of prospects I think they would be. But if the Jets feel that they are elite pass rushing prospects – and one of those guys uh, is on the board, then then we're gonna have to. You're gonna have to really tell me what this king's ransom is in detail. How much of a king's ransom is to get me off of that? But barring that, I'd I'd settle for you know a smaller king's ransom to move down. I I'd move down uh, for less. Uh, than a gigantic absolute king's ransom for anything else, um, but yeah, so I'd be more willing to do it. That's that's the holdup though. If they think that either of those, there's an elite edge guy. Um, obviously, it would be the same for quarterback. Uh, but they're not. We're not. They don't. There isn't one, and that they're not doing that this year. I'm not doing that for. I'm not passing up. Um, a, a king's ransom haul for an elite receiver, elite uh, anything else. I, I'm I'm not doing it, and not even elite offensive line on with this team the way it's constructed now. I I would go down and take the haul for everything else. Next question comes in from Michael Christopher. He says Daniel Jeremiah said on his recent podcast that Tomlinson will play left guard and Vera Tucker will move to right guard. Have you heard anything about this, Chris? Any word on this? I I have not I I have not um to be fair I I've not checked in because I I didn't give it a second thought I just I just assumed that they would just stick him there and uh, I just keep uh, Elijah Vera Tucker right there uh, I, I'll have to, I'll have to make some calls and look into that I, I'm not I'm definitely not about to doubt him but uh, I have not heard that. 
That's going to wrap up part one of the mailbag. We'll have part two for you tomorrow. In the meantime, make sure you check out everything we're doing at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. The Thunder from Down Under, Luke Grant, has got some great videos up there. Visit our store at tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn and Williams, Bless You, Thank You shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, the Zach the Ripper shirt, the Zach Says Go Long shirt, mugs, hoodies, caps. It's all there. tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. And make sure you give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you can go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.